Hey, Spritzers. Welcome to The Spritz with Carl and Jamie, where we will give you a spritz of life and fun. Fashion, food, travel, whatever's on our minds. Let's get into it. Welcome back, Spritzers, to episode two, where we have one of our besties, Andrew Gaeta, who is incredibly special. Welcome, Andrew. Thank you both so much for having me. So excited to be here. Well, I do have to tell you, Andrew, when Carl and I started working on this a year ago, and we independently made lists of ideas and who our guests were, and we brought our list together. Your name was at the top of both very, of our It's lists. very humbling, like I told you, because I respect and love you both so much. Oh. And it is incredibly humbling to even be asked. And we first spoke about it at uh, after party, after a few cocktails. I didn't know if we would do it. Sometimes those convos and the late night hours right. after a few martinis <laughs> don't come to fruition. But I'm so honored that you guys really wanted me to be here and asked me to be here. Absolutely. Well, we're so glad to have you here. So, Spritzers, for our Muse Boosh today, we have something that is near and dear to mine and Carl's hearts. So we have here, guys, Cookies for Kids Cancer. And this is an organization that's actually headquartered in New York. You know, the executive director, Gretchen Witt, who's a friend of both of ours. Love her. Cookies for Kids Cancer came from the fact that her son, Liam, was battling cancer. And as a way to give back to the community, she did a community bake sale where they sold like 96,000 cookies. Isn't that crazy? A mother's love. Yes, absolutely. And that first bake sale raised over $420,000. It's crazy. So because it was so successful, Gretchen decided that she would start this organization to get people talking about the tough topic of kids' cancer Mm -hmm. in a way that was approachable and started Cookies for Kids' Cancer. Unfortunately, Liam did have a relapse, and he did not get to benefit from all of the treatments that Cookies for Kids Cancer has provided. They have now funded nearly $20 million in research, Wow! and you can buy their cookies online at Mm cookiesforkidscancer.org. They have them all year round. It's Valentine's Day now, so if you missed out, now might be a good time to get some Liam's sugar cookies. They're so good. I got you some for Christmas, remember? Yeah, you gave me the spice hot chocolate, which is my favorite. And that is a seasonal cookie, so they're available all throughout the year, and they're great gifts, and they do corporate gifting. 100% of the proceeds goes to their mission of finding cures for kids' cancer. So go to cookiesforkidscancer.org, where you can find these amazing assortment of cookies, and mention that you heard about them on The Spritz with Carl and Jamie. Okay, so back to Andrew. Andrew, I cannot believe that you are here right in the middle of Fashion Week craziness. It is that time of year. So Fashion Month is sort of drop everything, tell your family that you may be unavailable for a few days. (laughs) Your loved ones, don't worry, because we all run. And the only way to keep up in Fashion Week is to keep 10 steps ahead and to never stop moving and never stop networking and never stop meeting people. And it's our time. It's our Super Bowl. So we are running straight into the Super Bowl. Wow. Wow. Well, Andrew, I've known you for a few years. We've had the pleasure of working together on Christian Siriano's fashion show for many, many, many of seasons. And you have always just stuck out and been 
such a ball of joy and light and great energy. How do you stay so high on goodness and energy during such a hectic time? There's a lot in fashion right now that is dominating the news. There are headlines with Balenciaga. There are headlines with Alexander Wang. There is this whole side of the fashion industry that you can engage with. And then there is the side that we are engaged with, and that is Christian Siriano, and that is Sergio Hudson. I'm working with now. Congratulations. Um, That's and awesome. It is so thrilling because he is dressing Kamala Harris for the inauguration. He is dressing Meg the Stallion as she walks into court, regaining yeah. her strength. And he is a designer that I just so truly love and respect on the same level as Christian Siriano as a pioneer in the positive empowerment, positive, just all empowerment. There's no sort of body positivity or or inclusion of this race or that race. It is everyone. It is anyone identifying mm-hmm. as someone who wants to be in that look or on that runway or in that space is there. And those are such sacred spaces that I'm high on my job that I love because it is so special. Well, speaking of pioneers, Andrew, you are really a pioneer in casting runways that are inclusive. Can you talk a little bit about sure. how that happened? And I take so little credit. I have Holly, who's the senior casting director that I have worked under. And then really with Christian Siriano, who was the first to do that, to really make that statement and say, these models are here, they are beautiful, they suck the air out of the room they walk into, they should be on the runway. And I was young. This was 15, 16 seasons ago, and I was just lucky to be in the room. You're still young, Andrew. (laughs) (laughs) Love to hear that. Um, But I was just lucky to be in the room then and learn, and now we get to do it with the next designer with, as we reach out into other venues, other than casting like bridal or hair or beauty or all sorts of things, we get to take those lessons and apply them elsewhere, which is so special. So it was Holly, it was Christian's initial drive to want it, to tell us to deliver it, that brought it. And we needed that. You need that before you can be as empowered as I am now. Well, that's amazing because we were talking about the fact that I really enjoy going to a runway show where you see something where you can imagine that on your body. This is what we've talked about. I am not six foot tall (laughs) (laughs) and less than 100 pounds. But it's amazing to see things that will translate into my wardrobe. And he said my first day there. And I was just losing it. I remember there was this big gown that Celine Dion wore, and that's oh a big God. for me. And I went over and touched it and was just like, this is it. I'm here in New York. I'm touching this. This is really it. And I walked over, and I was also, like, so young. But I said, what are we looking for? You know, like, when they come, mm-hmm. what am I supposed to be looking for? Which, I like, was such a funny question on my first day. And he said, everyone— Every single person, every single person that wants to wear a gown. I'm sorry I didn't get that casting call. A lot of women do. <laughs> you guys, it's hard to cast this show. Yeah. We'll see 400 girls a day. Yeah. And we'll see girls whose moms are driving them in from Pennsylvania and sitting in the waiting room or... And guys. Oh, and <laughs> that guys. is true. I should not be gendering anyone, especially in this group. And that also makes it a lot harder because 
And Christian has to give so much of his time to that. You know, like, this is fashion week. We are in it. No one sees their families. No, we're eating food, you know, together as every meal. And you're taking time out of your day to see 400 people a day. And also, we did it safely through the pandemic and never stopped showing. Christian was the only designer who never stopped showing and did it completely safe, outdoors, distanced, and made the masks for the hospitals in New York City. We'll pause right now for a word from our sponsors that keep the spritz on the air. And we'll be back with our bestie, Andrew Guyana. Hey, spritzers, we're back with Andrew Guyana. Hi, Andrew. Hey, so happy to be here. How you feeling? I'm so excited. I love this. I never get really the opportunity to sit with you guys and really talk it out without dinner or drinks or fabulous parties. (laughs) And so this is a treat. Awesome. Well, I want to dive into you, Andrew. Like, where are you from? Okay. You're like an angel. Are you from heaven? Where are I you from? am not. Um, <laughs> so we're from Italy way, way back. <laughs> so there is a small town in Italy with my last name on it. However, um, I've only been once. I'm from Boston. I was born and raised there, and I went to school in Poughkeepsie, New York. Just but you to- pronounce your R's. I pronounce my R's, but... Next, give me five days and I'll be at home and I'll just be like, pack the car, get me a beer. (laughs) But I'm very close with my family. Uh, I went to Marist College in Poughkeepsie, New York, and I ended up majoring in political science and they have a really brilliant fashion program there. And I benefited from an amazing educator who recognized that I had this passion for fashion and I had same, all my course load was politics. And so she put me in fashion internships in the city and I was coming down for fashion week and I actually worked the project runway shows as a student. I used to put the numbers on the chairs. I used to put the gifts on the chairs and then you stand in the back of the room until the next show in Bryant park when the shows are in Bryant park. Um, I used to get up at four in the morning and take the train down my, weird little history poli-sci major self. That's what I was going to say. Is this? Oh. Are you giving advice to all those people out there who may want to get into the fashion industry to major in poli-sci? Well, I mean, majoring in poli-sci and it made me a citizen of the world and a really someone who can understand the news and politics and and elections and things of that nature that are so important. But I followed my passion and I noticed that this advocate, this teacher would advocate for me and she saw that I loved it so much. So I just grabbed onto it because I was like, she's going to help me find my way. And I ended up in doing a lot of work in politics and in, uh, for different congressmen and state representatives. And I still am really, really interested in being a activist and involved in that space. So, Were I, you dressing these politicians by chance? <laughs> he I could was, not have me because a, a lot no, of No, because they don't have the budgets. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Just give them an Hermes. <laughs> Nobody can afford me. No, they can't. Um, <laughs> no, I was, um, I was actually, I spoke Spanish. I was doing a lot of Spanish outreach. I, I, I love advocating. Renaissance man. Um, for, for different sort of uh, communities. So I, I like to do both and I get to sort of, combine them in my fashion now. My passion, my advocacy, and things of that nature are sort of all one in my adult life, which is such a gift. Well, you are such a gift. So, Andrew, since you are an insider in Fashion Week and the fashion industry, can you explain, it's February now, what season are we seeing right now in Fashion Week, February 2023? So, 
we'll be seeing next fall, fall winter, 23. So we're looking to the future, of course. So it'll be, yeah, well, we are showing fall now. Okay. And then what do they show in September? I know that's the next time you That'll have- be spring, summer. So we'll be looking forward to 2024, spring, summer, 2024 Fantastic. in September. And so those are the two big times for those fashion are- shows, right? Yeah. And then you have the special cruise, you know, yeah. like you have, we call them the holiday resort deliveries. Mm-hmm. And so holiday comes in time for you to buy gifts and they're, you know, in your reds and greens and your sparkles for New Year's Eve and you're buying that through holiday. And then you go straight into shipping resort. So straight into bathing suits and your resort wear. And I love those two deliveries because it's such a fun time of year. You're getting fun, glamorous winter and then resort, which is just such a fun delivery too, especially like brands like Chanel will kill it in a resort collection. They call it Cruise. Cruise. Now, you know, (laughs) it derives from when the aristocrats would go on cruises during the cold seasons. Not um, Carnival, I'm guessing. Not mm, Carnival, honey. No, the, no, Q, no. the QE2. <laughs> so they actually have fashion shows mm-hmm. for your They'll winter. do presentations, mm-hmm. usually. And if, like, Chanel's doing a fabulous cruise show, they'll do a whole show. But for the most part, it's more of a private client presentation viewing, smaller scale. You don't need to book 49 girls with two changes each to do a full runway. You're doing, you know, maybe 16 girls or something like that mm-hmm. and really showing a smaller but fun delivery because you're still shipping stores those years. So anyways, you get your spring summers, you get your fall winters, but bring me a holiday or a resort. I know. <laughs> and and pre-spring is always pretty cool, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. I love that's the, the in-between. Yeah. I mean, I, and that's so funny. I sound like such a fashion. <laughs> <laughs> but pre-fall. Pre-fall is so fun because it's transition from the full lights, everything for summer, and then heavy things for fall, winter. And it's sort of that in between. I love that weather. I love that season. I love that time of year in New York. So I love sort of... You mentioned the number, it's smaller. So for Fashion Week right now, how many models do you have cast for one show? It's so different. Every single designer is different. So on Christian Suriano, he likes to, he'll, he, you never know though. The lot changes can be paid up until the last second. Usually we're around 43 with Christian and some girls could have three looks too. And some girls could have one, but then also girls are constantly pulled and on hold for other brands or they can't get to hair and makeup because of something. And so the switches are happening until this show. And then you have to think the fittings are off, the shoes are all off. It's a crazy, so you can never say, like I could never say for certain. And Sergio, this season, it will totally depend on his overall decision for the vibe, but I think we'll probably have like 35 and he'll go with really big names. Uh, A lot of supermodels uh, is what he he likes. Judging from his last season, he liked the 90s supermodels, which is just like such a chef's kiss of a runway. Oh my God, Kate Moss. <laughs> That's fantastic. So, Andrew, I've been fortunate enough to be able to go to some shows, but my question is if you are invited to go to a show, should you wear that designer's clothing? You should wear what you're comfortable in because you're going to have to sit around and wait. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. And especially if it's a designer whose mission in life is for you to feel happy and comfortable and proud, it's a disservice to wear something that's not that for you, I think. But it's fun, too. It doesn't hurt. 
They, the designer always likes the it. The designer likes it in the, the parties. The designer likes it and it's fun for them to post and gives them sort of content and really shows the brand is a lifestyle when people live in it yep. <laughs> and and, uh, and actually do that. Because the idea is, even though there are some crazy things on the runway, they do want you to buy the clothes that they're Absolutely. Showing. But also especially with designers like Christian who have done less expensive price points. You know, he did a, a collaboration with Payless for many years. Back, way TJ many, Maxx? TJ Maxx. He sells Blue Salt right C- now? Blue Salt. He sells t-shirts. He sells graphic t-shirts. And as someone who can't wear a lot of Christian Seriano myself, I buy the t-shirts and I wear them to the parties and the this and the that, and he loves it. So it's not about wearing the $30,000 gown that, ran, that went down the... Uh, uh, Oscar red carpet, although if you got it, wear it. Wear it, for <laughs> That's sure. The place. But um, there's so many ways to do it. Sergio Hudson's line is at Target right now. Wow. And that RJ. is incredible. It's one of those, the high-end designer collaborations at Target. So you could really get one of those amazing pieces to wear to his runway right now in February. And you could get your look somewhere completely affordable. It's about wearing, you know, fashionable, stylish pieces that are comfortable and in your price point for you and right for you. So Spritzers, you heard it from Andrew. You can wear Target clothing to a new look and TJ Maxx and perhaps some Payless shoes. And some Payless shoes and bags. (laughs) (laughs) To a fashion show in New York and you will look right at home. So question, you having been to all of these shows worked on all of these shows, seen celebrities and amazing famous people, models. Who is the one model that you have just dropped your jaws, you were so excited about? I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> it is so funny because the models I really freak out for now are the ones that like I know well and uh, th- I've watched their success. So I've gotten to see like I I, part of their I understood them when they were humble or humbler <laughs> and young and new and seeing them, you know, go on the cover of Vogue's like holding those Vogue's is so special. Mm-hmm. And I scream to myself, like I don't even care. Candace Huffine, who's a Syriano yeah, muse. She's so delightful. She man. is just the apple of my eye like her vogue grease cover came out during the pandemic and if it wasn't a pandemic i would have blown it up and had a party at the box and just wow. like, like i literally would have done it all you for can her still have the and party. It, you know we can and um we will but she just my heart explodes and so I get so excited about her. I get really excited for the trans models when yeah. they succeed. Seeing my girl Rory, who's a Siriano runway girl, go on to do great campaigns. I get so excited. Anyone trans? <laughs> I mean, it, it's so amazing to see how the runway has changed. Oh, yeah. And a lot of kudos and accolades go to the designers, but also the casting directors. You have fight the fights. We sit in the room and we actually say, like, you know, this person's worth it. Take the chance on them. And it's so funny because I didn't know the power in that. I had Holly, who's more senior than me, who was having a lot of those conversations. And then when I started to use my voice, I was so surprised that when they listened. And then I realized, you know, there's something to this. And that was really only in the past few seasons where I was, I felt so more assured. And I was talking with Sergio about who should be the first person in his runway. 
And we were speaking a lot about his brand and who needs to be represented, but also who needs to get press. And and you also are supposed to be doing your biggest girl should open or your biggest girl should close. And there's a lot of rules. And so, I don't know, we're always just having those crazy conversations. Well, I think that you are not giving yourself enough credit because I know how well-respected your voice is in in the conversations I have had. And it's amazing, like I said, to see people who don't look like the stereotypical model walking down the runway. That's so over. Who is even staying on that TikTok? Who is staying on that e-channel if it's just all tall, thin, white? I just think that's quite boring. It's been done for years and years and years and years and years. And so you have to differentiate yourself too. You really need to show a range of everything because also then a range of everyone can buy it. Exactly. Like that's just good business. Right. That is right. (laughs) And I mean, having a political science background actually kind of paid off because you're in those rooms making some great noise. Well, and when we get to do press on something where you do need to have a little bit of an understanding of the activism, of the actual things that are happening within policy during the moment or things of that nature, and you need to speak to it through a fashion lens, it can come off really, really performative if you don't have some sort of real knowledge or passion or underlying drive. And so the poli-sci actually comes in really handy. Well, I have to say that your casting looks very authentic, and I think that's because it is. Thank you. Well, we're going to take another quick break for a word from our sponsors, and then we'll be back with Andrew Gaetta. Hey, Spritzes. Welcome back to our conversation with Andrew. Andrew, we just talked about the fact that there are two seasons, really, of runways, but there are other things that you have to do to pay the bills, I'm assuming. (laughs) I do know that you have an exciting company called Mayflower, which I think Carl asked me last episode about what my dream job would be. And I think my dream job is going to change to what Andrew does. So You can have it. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye. Um, No, I have a very funny, it's a very niche job. And it's easy to explain now that we in the audience understand that I do casting. So what I do for brands is casting, but with celebrities. And so that can happen in a few ways. One way is I can get a brief from a client that just says, we want Oprah. And I'll book them, Oprah. And you just pick up the phone and call Oprah. Well, and, I, and my me and my boss, Ryan, brokered the contract between Weight Watchers, now WW, and Oprah. So brokering in an agreement between talent and a brand is the same way that I do it for Candace and Christian Siriano between a model and a brand. The talent is a celebrity in the brand. So the contract is different, but the same because it's services being rendered typically for marketing purposes for a brand. Does the company always know which celebrity no. they want? <laughs> no, and that's that's sort of the fun in the casting, I guess. So we can get a brief that just says we're looking to market towards this age group or this group of people or mothers or people who buy for the home and things of that nature. And so then we brainstorm. And typically a lot is based on budget, you know, like how much do you have to spend? And that's so funny. It's the conversation that a lot of people have. I hate that word. It's a four-letter word. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and it's like the difference between getting Snooki and getting Beyonce is your budget. And a lot of people come to me and they're just like, well, who's available for my product of water? And I have to say, what's your budget? Or what are the services? But what's your budget? Because you can't just say, I want a sandwich. People will say, what? 
is in your sandwich. Right. You know, right. like, and you then you order it. And so anyway, so we, you know, we get a lot for comedies and comedians and Super Bowl spots, and they're really celebrity heavy. So a lot of commercials, a lot of digital TikTok type of content now, short form content. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what I do is booking celebrities. Well, let me ask you this. Have you ever had someone bring a product to you and I'm having him spill the tea a little bit and they say they want a particular celebrity and you think that celebrity is not ideal for that product? We'll typically get some things out of like some places, other countries that want to book celebrities that might be dangerous for them. Or we like, you know, use a judgment call there. We don't work with certain people overseas, but for the most part, we don't turn many people away. That's exciting. That's so cool. I mean, you really curate mm. what goes out into the public eye. And a lot eye. of culture is defined by some of these big celebrity endorsement deals. And it's an honor to say that we get to impact culture in any way, but sometimes we do. And it's it's really great. Uh, the Tim Hortons is a Canadian coffee, shop. coffee and donut yeah. shop. We did um, Tim Biebs with Justin Bieber last year with oh him. God. And there were all these articles <laughs> written after that it saved the chain. Like the, and there's a lot, it's tons of jobs in Canada were saved and, and a beloved sort of chain amongst people. And I don't know, we like to hold on to those wins, you know, that maybe we did something that was helpful and also it was a fabulous campaign. And I saw that you're doing this all over the world. Are you jet setting there or are you doing it by Zoom now that the world has changed? I'm hoping to go do more. I've had a low key, mm-hmm. as everyone, not that be complaining, will poor me, but I'd like to do more. I'm working up potentially on a big booking in Brazil and Rio for this April. I have some stuff going on in March in Miami. And so not real jet setting, but some at least going places. Nice. I'm not going to Rio anytime soon. What about you, Carl? <laughs> Neither am I. Okay, Andrew. If you were not doing this job, what would you be doing? Like, what was your dream job? It's such a hard question because I am so happy in my in my job. You do have an amazing job. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, this is like, I'm going to give this a two-parter. If I could do anything, I would be like an influencer who gets paid to like eat and go on vacations. Like travel <laughs> influencer, you know, someone who gets gifted hotels and experiences at restaurants. Like if I could do anything dream job wise, that would be it. In real life, I mean, I would love to have a job in DC, you know, working for a political action committee or a lobbying group. I'm great at schmoozing. I would be a great lobbyist if for something good that I really cared about. I would love waking up every day and doing that. Which um, is pretty much what you do. I'm, I'm advocating. I advocate every single day for um, for what I believe in, in my work. So that's important. And um, it shows and thank very you. successfully. Thank you. And then I would do that. And when I would work in D.C., do something. Or I would own a bookstore. I would own the happiest my bookstore <laughs> in the world. I follow so many independent bookstores on Twitter that are just such happy, wonderful places that there are some great ones here in New York City. Shout out to independent bookstores. Mm-hmm. Park Road Books is our local one. <laughs> um, I have Blue Stockings in the Lower East Side that I love. And then I just actually, not an indie, but the Morgan's right here. So I just walked into the Morgan Library on my way here just to stop and see the books because I love them. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> 
So, Andrew, as we are closing out, can you oh. please leave our spritzers with a runway takeaway? What's your suggestion for them as we are looking at fall, winter 2023? It's hard because, you know, there's so many there's so many avenues, right? There's ready-to-wear, there's sportswear, there's what will be on trend. And I'm going to speak to the trends. And I'm going to speak to what we'll actually be seeing because also the runways are are almost art. Yes, <laughs> And are. Uh, like the trends in art, we will save for the Met. And <laughs> uh, it's, it's the 90s. The 90s uh, are here and back. And I know our generation is like, what uh, is happening? Yes. But there's, the more we push against it, the older we look. Just, just know that. <laughs> and I was walking across. When, when you say 90s, what exactly are you seeing? The pants that are loosening. They, the ankles Thank are goodness. widening. The And they are, and for men, in it, like, it's just, I've been wearing skinny jeans for a long time. And I've actually been wearing skinny jeans as long as, <laughs> not really, but I've been wearing them a long time and they've got to go. Like it is gone. This fall will be, you know, even a bell, but a wide leg. And it's just this skinny silhouette is completely over and dead. And by this fall, it will be in the ground. So I can pull out my J. Crew barn jacket that I wore in the Absolutely. early 90s in college. We're looking, I mean, and, and, and this is a little not the latest breaking news, but it's like Princess Diana 90s, uh, big crew neck sweatshirt, you know, loose jeans. I'm so happy to hear (laughs) this. I'm telling you. And I mean, I just, I see it. I'm out in, you know, the Lori side in Brooklyn and the kids, the cool kids, which will translate to a year later, everyone. Sure. And that's, I've seen it with every trend the last 15 years. It is like full-blown 90s nostalgia. Oh, that's awesome. I used to shop in the men's department in the early 90s to get the baggier look. Right. You wanted it. Nirvana and Pearl Jam. Absolutely. Like, that's fine with me. <laughs> Andrew, thank you so much for being here. I absolutely love and adore you. And it was so fun. It's so really, magical. I mean, diving into your life and what you do. Thank you. Um, I'm honored. It's Carl, it is just so nice to sit down with you. I love you so much. I love you too. <laughs> it's nice to sit down with me too, Andrew. Of course. <laughs> with you both, I, we never get to do this. It is so nice. It is delightful. And thank you so much for being the first. The first. We and love you. you guys are in fashion week you guys only for you would I do this I know, I know. you set the bar high <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for joining us today for the spritz with Carl and Jamie Ew. a production of Hanger Studios you can follow us on Instagram at the spritz pod on Facebook at the spritz and you can find this amazing Spritzy Ritzy podcast on Spotify, Apple, and wherever you may find your podcast. Please subscribe and rate and review us. Thank you, guys. <laughs>